0: Good afternoon. You are listening to a CSIS podcast interview with Mr. Sachin Pilot. He is a member of the Indian Parliament, Minister of State of the Ministry of Communications and Technology. Mr. Sachin, thank you so much for joining us today. A recent article about you in an Indian newspaper came under the headline, Soon Broadband in Every Village. Can you discuss your plan to expand broadband coverage in India?
1: I think it's very important for us in India to be able to evolve a network where we are able to provide government services through internet and uh, through the broadband. What we have now is uh, pockets of our country. The large metro cities have very good communication facilities, telecom facilities, uh, internet facilities, and they have the ability to access those facilities. We in the government have um, given ourselves a timeline of three years where we will reach uh, every village in this country and be able to provide quality broadband uh, at reasonable cost so that people are able to take advantage of the technological development that India has been able to achieve in the last few decades. And that's um, one of the large priorities that the new government that was formed nine months ago has made out for itself. It's also important for us to be able to have e-governance in the real sense of the word. So for us to have last mile delivery, we are now partnering with private entrepreneurs, with NGOs, with the industry to make sure that the distribution of goods and services is equitable. And every single Indian feels a part of the telecom revolution and is able to access the technologies, especially through broadband. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a problem for us to have that rollout because there is a huge market and the potential there is immense.
0: This is an ambitious plan, especially given the global economic crisis. How does the government plan to pay for this program? And how will you involve the private sector?
1: Despite the economic downturn that the whole world faced, and even in India, we had the uh, effects of the economic slowdown. But the IT industry in India has been remarkably robust. Uh, We have still managed to grow. The IT sector in India has still uh, been able to hire more people. Today, we employ about 2.5 million people directly in the IT sector. Um, And indirectly, we give employment to about 8.5 million people. And that's only going to grow uh, every month. So the IT space is still a very active, very dynamic one. Therefore, I don't see much problem in uh, having the market space uh, or the revenues or the resources required to be able to deliver that kind of broadband network. The private players uh, are very welcome to participate like they have been in the telecom sector. India's India's mobile telephone market, uh, as you know, is one of the fastest growing ones. We add about 16 to 18 million new mobile subscribers a month. We have a net user base of about 560 mobile users. So once the mobile services have proliferated the way they have. I see no reason why the internet broadband services will not go the same way. Uh, The auctions for the wireless broadband spectrum are being held in April. Uh, The government companies are already rolling out the broadband services. So a collaborative effort of the government and private sector will see this effort uh, come to fruit.
0: Speaking of collaboration, you just gave a speech at CSIS with the title, India and the U.S. Partners in a Technology-Driven World. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how our countries can be partners and more broadly, broadly speaking, and also with regard to your broadband plan?
1: I think there's lots of cross learning that can happen between India and the U.S., uh, its governments and its uh, its companies Um Learning from each other's experiences is very important. And there are some issues that are of concern both to the Indian government, Indian people, as well as the U.S. population and the U.S. government. Issues like uh, cyber theft, cyber crime, cyber terrorism, uh, these virus attacks, these hacking attempts that have been going on in these con- both our countries... I think we must evolve a mechanism where we uh, are able to learn from each other's best practices and uh, have an institution where uh, you know we can jointly tackle this challenge uh, because in a, in in, tw- in the 21st century world uh, the harm and damage these entities and groups and individuals can inflict upon uh, groups and countries like India and the US through the cyberspace through the internet is disproportionate to their conventional strength so it's a great area where we have to cooperate I think uh, and there are uh, learnings that we can have from both both of our experiences the us uh, as as many other countries around the world i think uh, is a is a potential investor in india uh, we have a huge rollout plan we have huge requirements both for hardware and software and i think the indian government the indian industry is very open to partnering and to open up for foreign direct investment uh, the american companies have shown a lot of interest and i'm sure in the in the very near future uh, you will see a lot more participation from the american industry into india
0: how do you propose that the U.S. and India cooperate on cybersecurity?
1: I think we have already uh, established a joint working group. Uh, we are working towards that. Uh, the U.S. government and the Indian government at the highest levels, as well as the, the bureaucratic level, are in constant touch. Uh, as you know, technology changes almost every week. Uh, so we have to have enough legislative strength in our own countries plus we have to have enough safeguards and firewalls established to protect not just our strategic assets but also to give a sense of confidence to uh, our global client base as an Indian g- company uh, most of our clients are global and data privacy and uh, security of uh, cyberspace is of utmost importance and I think it's also important for, uh, for India to be able to not just become an IT export exporter of services but also to be able to create niche ways of being uh, able to add value uh, to the fast-changing technologies.
0: Do you think that India's youth is adequately engaged in the nation's political arena? How are you encouraging India's youth to play a more active role in India's political process? In your opinion, what are the major barriers to increase political participation by India's youth?
1: India's a very young country. It's among the youngest ones. Uh, 54% of our population is below the age of 25. Uh, so this is a huge demographic dividend that we must benefit from. Uh, the way to do that, I think, is also to channel a lot of that energy in towards the uh, political processes that have made India as strong as, and as, as dynamic as it is today. Our democracy has evolved over the last six decades. And today, I think young people see uh, and have a lot of faith in our present as well as our future. The kind of self-confidence that young people have is is reflective of the mood in the country. And increasingly, younger people who are highly educated and highly qualified are taking on leadership challenges at all levels, right from the county, municipality levels, right to the national level. And I'm happy to report that a lot of the political parties, especially the one that I represent, the Congress Party, has been in the front-running uh, position for getting younger people into active public life, giving them uh, responsibilities. And there is a now... Uh, less of the disenchantment that you see around the world where young people have with politics and politicians. So in India, the involvement is getting more and more. Young people are getting encouraged to take on you know, uh, electoral challenges. And in, in the near future, the political landscape is going to change such that you will have many, many more young people uh, you know, leading the country uh, in its political direction.
0: How do you see the IT and telecommunications revolution in India driving efforts to improve education?
1: I think there's a huge potential there also, as there is in uh, things like telemedicine, uh, I think education. Uh, There are schools and colleges that don't have the infrastructure or the resources to get the best of the libraries or the best of the faculty. That's why we are able to give them connectivity and they're able to access lectures and and books and journals and research papers of some of the best in India. Uh, Our IITs have six virtual classrooms we've been able to connect 45 of the top un- top universities with the with the network we aim to connect 20000 colleges with with a with a broad network where there is almost 2.5 uh, gigabits per second uh, capacity to transmit data so all of this will change the way classrooms are held uh, work is done people from far off areas rural areas tribal areas from very distant places are able to access the lectures and the knowledge base of of these very top Prime institutes, and I think that's going to bring about uh, the level and the equity that the government has envisioned. That uh, young people must have uh, as much right of access to good quality education. It'll sh- it'll mark a paradigm shift in our education system, starting from the primary levels onwards till uh, to the masters and PhD programs.
0: Uh, Minister Sat- uh, Sachin Pilot, thank you so much for participating in this podcast interview, and thank you for speaking at CSIS today. We thank really you for appreciate your me. time. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
1: Thank you.